All right, Ralphie, would you bring us into another awesome, wonderful Shabbat service? Hallelujah. Oh, Father, we thank you so much for this day. We delight in gathering. We delight in you and your word, your kingdom. You are the shepherd of Israel that presides over us. So we thank you for the ability and the privilege to come together and to worship you today, to glorify you and to study. May you be magnified and glorified in all that we do. We thank you for the blood of your son and for your spirit. In your son, Yahushua's name, we give these thanks. Amen. Welcome everyone online. Welcome everyone here that's joining us. We have our opening adoration that we love to declare together. 85% of this is from the Psalms of David. So we love to exalt the Almighty and, and just bless His name. You'll also notice His name is spelled out. We want you to feel comfortable pronouncing His name however you feel convicted to say it. And the same will go for His Son's name. So let's begin by magnifying the King. Amen. Blessed be He who spoke and the world came into being. Blessed be He. Blessed is He who maintains creation. Blessed is he who speaks and does. Blessed is he who decrees and fulfills. Blessed is he who has mercy on the earth. Blessed is he who has mercy on creatures. Blessed is he who gives goodly reward to those who fear him. Blessed is he who lives forever and endures to eternity. Blessed is he who redeems and rescues. Blessed is his name. Blessed are you, Yahweh our God, King of the universe, the God, the merciful Father, who is praised by the mouth of his people, praised and glorified by the tongues of the devout ones, and his servants. We shall laud you, Yahweh our God, with praises and songs. And now Psalm 100, a psalm for thanksgiving. Shout joyfully to Yahweh all the earth. Serve Yahweh with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Know that Yahweh himself is God. It is he who has made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name, for Yahweh is good. His loving kindness is everlasting, and His faithfulness to all generations. We say this in the name of our Master and King, Yeshua. Amen and Amen. Well, as Psalm 100 teaches us, our, our tradition here at Living Messiah is, it says that we should enter His courts with praise, which we'll do during worship, but it says we should enter His gates with thanksgiving. So let's come before the Mighty One of Israel, and let's present a thanksgiving offering to Him from the fruit of our lips. Amen. Father, we thank you so much for your hand being upon us, watching over us, the shepherd that you are. We thank you that you are uh, uh, protecting us from all kinds of things that we don't even know, that you are healing us, that you are answering prayer. You give us counsel and direction and discernment. We thank you for the blood of the Lamb and for the spirit that you've given us. We thank you, Father, for the enrichment of your word that you bring into our lives each day and each week. We thank you for this community. We thank you, for Father, that we can worship you in peace. We thank you, Father, that you have uh, answered our prayers, that you are the one who is there for us, and for the finances that you bring into our homes, that the sustenance is there. It is from you and nowhere else. We thank you for these things, Father. We give you praise and glory for this community, for this assembly, for the people online that watch. We thank you so much for these things. In your great name, Yahuwah, we give thanks. Amen. Well, we're going to worship and dance. If you would make your way out to this open area, if you're going to dance, that would be great. At home, get an area cleared out. Get ready to get excited. Uh, everyone here, if you're going to stay at your seat, get ready to put your hands together. Let's worship the King in spirit and in truth. And let's get excited. It's time to worship the Master. Amen.
so much for the worship time. We thank you that we can be encouraged and lifted up in whatever we're facing in life because we worship you and we glorify you. We draw close to you in our worship because you do inhabit the praises of your people. Father, we love it to come and to magnify you and exalt you because you are worthy to be praised. You are worthy to be exalted. You are holy and righteous. And it is a blessing to be called your son, to be called and be drawn back to you and to be know that we're going to be drawn back home to our homeland. We are thankful that you've opened our eyes to these things. We thank you for all that you are doing, all that you're revealing all that you're showing us, for the unification of this assembly, for the unification of all of your people all over this earth that you are bringing back to you, drawing their hearts to you. We're thankful to see it. I know the adversary is having fits and upset, but your plan and your design and your purposes are coming true. We thank you, Master. We glorify you. We praise you. We give you thanks. In your son, Yahushua's name, Amen and amen. We would like to invite those of you who have needs to come up here where they were dancing. Very important part of our service where we get to lift up the prayers, lift up the, the petitions of each one of our family members. James 5.14 says, Is anyone among you sick? He must call for the elders of the assembly. They are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of Yahuwah. The prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick. And Yahuwah will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven him. Therefore, confess your sins to one another, and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effect of prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. So the men are going around and putting a tab on everyone's forehead. We get that from James chapter, or Ezekiel chapter uh, 9, verse 4 and 6, where it says the angel was told to put a mark on everyone's forehead, and of course the if you look up your Hebrew, that English word mark is actually a Hebrew letter, and it's Tav. So that's what they're putting on everyone's forehead is the last letter of the alphabet, the Tav. It means the sign of the covenant. Hallelujah. And it just happens to smell really, really good. <laughs> just a little sample of what it's going to be like when the Mashiach comes, huh? Oh, how sweet. How lovely. Yes. The key part about James 5 is the repentance. And we, of course, must present our hearts before him in total repentance. And that's what we'll do as soon as they're done. You guys done? Okay. Let us come before the Almighty. And uh, everyone is, we're, we're cleansing the house so that these offerings go up sweet aroma sweet smell to the Most High, so let's come before the King. Father, we come to you. We admit as that we have sinned, committed iniquity, we've transgressed before you. We walked our way, not your way. Broke the commandments. We walk contrary to you, and you walk contrary to us. And we only have open shame, but you and all that you've done concerning us. But Father, we accept your offering of Messiah Yahushua on our behalf, and we ask that you would cleanse us of all of our impurities and all of our uncleanness by the blood of the Lamb, and we acknowledge the sins, iniquities, and transgressions of our forefathers. We ask these things and say these things in your son, Yeshua's name. Amen. Father, how great and mighty you are. Father, there is none like you. Father, that is you and you alone. 
from the very beginning, you've called forth all things seen and unseen. Father, there is nothing you do not know, nothing that you cannot do according to your good name and uh, the will that you have set forth for us. Father, we thank you. We thank you because you took the time to reveal yourself to us through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you being the eternal one of all Israel. Father, we also know that we are frail and weak and Father, we're in constant need of your help. We thank you for your words of guidance and your, the spirit that empowers us to overcome things. But Father, we still lack. There's many among us that are not feeling well or sick. Father, you are the healer. May, can you heal them and bring them back um, to their normal selves? Father, you're the one who provides. Will you provide for the uh, for those who are in need. Father, there's many other things as your hand bring forth before you, and we know that your hand is not too short to accomplish anything that we may ask. Father, thank you again. Please answer your children. Please provide, Father, because without you we have nothing. It is your hand that we rely on, and we thank you for the love and mercy that we find. And Father, we believe the report. We believe in the hope and the expectation. That is because of what your son, your very words became flesh, dwelt among man, laid his life down, and has taken uh, it back up again, Father. And we look forward to your kingdom. We thank you again for the empowerment of your spirit. Amen. Amen. We want to welcome the kids to come forward as the men get out the tallit. All males 13 and over are welcome to get a hold of the tallit as the children come up. We have a song to sing, Hine Matov, as the kids come. And as they come, we get to sing, He name to pray over all these children under the tallit in the suitcase, kids that are at home watching, that are even uh, close at all to this community, just over the children and over the parents and give them grace as they're raising them. Been reading lately, you keep giving me this phrase and I want to pray it over the kids to be of a good courage and you be courageous by um, following and obeying the commandments. Literally, that's out of, out of the book of Joshua. Courage is obeying the commandments. 
I pray that these children and, and these parents, as we raise them up in the way they should go, as you have told us, that we would pass this down generation to generation. They would as well. They would thirst for your word. They would know all about Yeshua and want to know more like a child. For it is as a child, we need to come into the kingdom. So thank you for these kids. Thank you for this awesome gift you've given us to raise them, knowing you. So please lead us in Yeshua's name. Amen. Put the microphone over to Dale. The Almighty just reminded me of your request. So Dale has a wonderful praise report that he'd like to share with us. Ready to go? I guess it's on. Yeah, it's on. Um, in 2021, um, I was I had a problem, and uh, I was diagnosed with a liver problem that turned into cancer. That I ended up having a Whipple operation, and all the problems that go along with that. And I started chemotherapy in October. A year later, after October, I was sitting on the couch, reading or whatever I was doing. I don't remember that, but I remember a noise in my ear. It was just sound like cicadas down the road, not, not like uh, normal. And within two hours, this ear was completely deaf. I, there was no hearing at all, and I didn't have any problems with it other than just, the, you know, just being old and a little bit <laughs> hard hearing. But uh, I was completely, and when I came here, I couldn't hear in this ear. Yesterday, I was sitting reading my Bible, and um, Hope I can get through this. That noise started back, still here, and I can hear about 25% out of this ear. And I just wanted to, you know, I was thinking about uh, the lepers that he healed, and I just wanted to make sure I said thank you. Yeah, praise you most high, glory to the king for healing and restoration, hallelujah. We uh, rejoice with you, Dale. Yes. Pray over him. Yes, go ahead. Would you lead? Yeah. Amen, please. Heavenly Father, Yahweh, blessed are you, our King. Praise reports never end. Abba, for all eternity, olam olam, we will be praising you. We thank you for this brother. We thank you that you are doing a mighty work in him. And sometimes we don't see what that work looks like, but we trust in you. The report that comes from you and that report comes from your people is always to praise you, even in the midst of adversity. So Abba, we lift up this brother and anyone else who's needing prayer. We lift them up and we leave them in your care and keeping for all eternity and pray that you continue to bless him to speak through him, open his ears, his spiritual ears, his physical ears, so that he can hear and that he can continue to speak your mighty name. In Yehoshua's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Love those kind of praise reports. That's awesome. What good news. What lifting up of all of our souls as his soul is lifted up. That's wonderful, wonderful report. All right, so we have another song to sing. This song is called Osei Shalom. May he who makes peace in his heights make peace upon us and upon all Israel, including not just peace, but...
the well-being, including healing, which is peace. So let's sing together. Oh, say opportunity to face Jerusalem together and say the Shema. Shema Shabbat Shalom, everyone. I'm glad all of you are here. And then I want to say hello to our online, online family as well. Subscribe if you haven't already. Um, say hello even if you'd like. Give us a thumbs up. Ring that bell. You know, all everything that you can. That's always appreciated. We thank you. And as you know, livingmessiah.com is our website. You can go there for more announcements as well. Um, and as you know, um, we go through the platform, Facebook, X, uh, our podcast library is very large, so make sure you send uh, share that with friends and family. And we also go uh, have a, a, a channel on YouTube as well, so uh, visit that. So, Kamarion, I'm going to have you do the Psalms and Proverbs uh, for us today, if you don't mind. And there you go. Rule me rightly, O Elohim, and plead my cause against a nation without kindness. O oh, deliver me from a man of deceit and unrighteousness, 
for you are the Elohim of my strength. Why have you rejected me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of my enemy? Send forth your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your set-apart mountain and to your dwelling places, that I might come to the altar of Elohim, to El, the joy of my delight, and praise you with the lyre, O Elohim, my Elohim. Why are you depressed, O my being, and why are you restless within me? Wait for Elohim, for I shall yet thank him, the deliverance of my face and my Elohim. My son, if you accept my words and treasure up my commands with you, so that you make your ear attend to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding. For if you cry for discernment, lift up your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, then you would understand the fear of Yahuwah and find the knowledge of Elohim. For Yahuwah gives wisdom. Out of his mouth come knowledge and understanding, and he treasures up stability for the straight, a shield to those walking blamelessly, to watch over the paths of right ruling, and the way of his kind ones he guards. Excellent. Thank you so much. All right, and come join us Tuesday nights, and that's still Zoom only, correct, Mike? Where's Mike? And it's from 7 to 8. Yes, so. So if you'd like to join that study, thank you in advance, uh, uh, my brother, for doing this. Um, if you're not part of that Zoom you don't, um, and you'd like to be part of that study, email marketlivingmessiah.com and you'll get that notification. But if you already have done that, no need to do it every week, okay? So thanks again, brother. And uh, that's Tuesday night's Bible study. So we'll see you on Zoom. Um, the book of Acts is our in-depth study uh, what we're at, and we're going through that. I think we're around chapter 20, 22, maybe 24 by next week. But that's every Shabbat and 30. Come join us in person if you can make it. That's wonderful. And if you can't, that's okay, too. Come and uh, you can. That's not Zoomed, but it is live streamed, so you can join via uh, YouTube or through uh, Facebook. Thanks again uh, for all those who do come out early for that. I appreciate that. We have a lot of fun. Um, and as you know, no food. Thanks for recognizing that and not taking any food beyond these doors. That way we're keeping it really nice over there because of the, uh, the, other, the other church that's behind us. They share that, and we want to make sure we, yeah, remember in the in-depth study, have a good witness to not only our brothers and sisters the world so so and that that is just that so what this i do um and if you haven't gotten one of the stickers yet and you'd like one we i still have some of these round stickers for your window um uh please come see me they're free so come see me and i'll give you one now uh this brings me to uh add this part the Children of Light. If you do not know or are not familiar with the Children of Light, it's a community that Mark and Polly uh, have had come across, and in the years we've been down and and helped them do various things. The last remaining um, member, Alexa, passed. Yes. Yeah. 
So, um, and for those who don't know who have visited, you, if you have met Alexar, you know this for sure. She projected what the Messiah looks like in so many ways. Total servant. Oh, and it, so blessed by having known her, being on her property, and 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 all that went along with that. And I honored. We are all honored as a community to go down and help them do various things they needed. They have. They had awesome dates and. And it, oh, let me show you. And I know she played the piano. These are some photos that I got off, uh, off the website that I found. Someone came and took pictures of them a couple years back. Uh, so she was there when I knew them, or when we began, it was like only three of them, right? Uh, real close. And now uh, three or four. And I thought this is a, an awesome picture of them uh, walking up. And now her being the remaining, and um, uh, we just wanted you guys to know if you, if, if, if so you know. So, and again, it was uh, a pleasure to know her. Don't know. She had always says the father has taken care of it, or uh, and it, and it is. It's in the father's hands now. But so. So that that uh, she will be missed. Uh, but on a lighter note, I'd like to let you guys know we do have the calendars. We have the calendars came in, so they're here. They were free. And so what we're doing is uh, a suggested donation, $5 would be wonderful. But if you don't have the money, that's okay. Come see me, Mark, or Dave in the back, and we'll get you a calendar, okay? And that way you can start uh, plotting out with your employer and everything on the the days that we are going to be celebrating as a community is there more that you have on that as always it looks very nice i mean ralphie does a really good job on the uh colors the artwork all the things that he does thank you for all that you put into to bring yeah. us a wonderful beautiful calendar. oh you know and and I, I i want you guys to know we are we do hear comments and if we think they're great we go with them and there was one that's like oh switch the numbers around so the bigger numbers are the Gregorian the smaller are the Hebrew so no mix up now okay <laughs> so which I can understand and the other thing is someone else uh, several people said well it's hard to write on because of the paper this particular paper I went is really a matte finish the colors aren't coming screaming at you but you can write if you want to put notes in the in the calendar with just your basic pen. So that is some of the changes in this. So, so, and it's always a pleasure to do that for you guys. And that brings us to this part. We want to thank you for your support, prayers, and contributions in so many, so many ways. Thank you all. And as you know, um, the donate button's on the site at livingmessiah.com. There's an ad, uh, the address is there, so if those, those who prefer check can do th in that manner as well. And uh, and before Mark uh, uh, blesses the box, let's go to our Heavenly Father who provides all. Father, Yahuwah, great and mighty you are. Father, and we recognize it is your hand, your faithful hand to this community of your continued providing the the various needs and finances and things to keep the lights, the rent, and all this. So 
we can come together, lift your name up, study your character, Father, and be equipped to go out and be a light to a dark nation. Father, we thank you again for the empowerment of your spirit, and we thank you for providing. Amen. And Mark, if you'd like to bless Father, we thank you so much for everybody who tithes, gives, donates, contributes to your kingdom and to this ministry. Father, pour out an abundant blessing on them for being obedient to what you said to bring the tithes into the house. We thank you and praise you in Master Hushua's name. Amen. Amen. And Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Let's look forward to this Torah portion that we're going to be <laughs> reading you, today. Would you stand with me? I think it's about a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There is none like you among the Elohims, my master, and there is nothing like your works. Your kingdom is a kingdom spanning all eternities, and your dominion is throughout every generation. Yahuwah reigns. Yahuwah has reigned. Yahuwah shall reign for all eternity. Yahuwah will give might to his people. Yahuwah will bless his people with peace. Father of compassion, do good with Zion according to your will. Rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, for we trust in you alone. O King, Elohim, exalted and uplifted, Master of worlds. When the ark would travel, Moshe would say, Arise, Yahuwah, and let your enemies be scattered. Let those who hate you flee from you. For from Zion the Torah will come forth, and the word of Yahuwah from Jerusalem. Blessed is he who gave the Torah to his people Israel in his holiness. Amen and amen. Let us sing that same together. Es Numbers chapter 22. I want to say welcome to everybody and also everyone online, everyone here. And I want to remind you that during Oneg, get a chance to talk with everybody you can, welcome everybody, chat with other people, get engaged with others than the normal group you're with. And let's get this family, everybody involved. We want everyone to feel welcome that comes. And if you're not, haven't come here, or if you haven't been here a while, you're missing out. So hopefully, those of you online will be able to make it sometime. So, Mr. Alfonso will read chapter 22. About a donkey. <laughs> Bimenbar, Numbers, chapter 22. And the children of Israel departed and camped in the desert plains of Moab, beyond the Yardin of Jericho. 
And Balak, son of Zephor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. And Moab was exceedingly afraid of the people because they were many. And Moab was in dread because of the children of Israel. And Moab said to the elders of Midian, Now this company is licking up all that is around us, as an ox licks up the grass of the field. Now Balak, son of Zephor, was sovereign of the Moabites at that time. And he sent messengers to Balaam, son of Beor at Pethor, which is near the river in the land of the sons of his people, to call him, saying, See, a people has come from Mitzrayim. See, they have covered the surface of the land and are settling next to me. And now, please come at once, curse these people for me, for they are too strong for me. It might be that I smite them and drive them out of the land, for I know that he whom you Barak is Baruch, and he whom you curse is cursed. And the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian left with divination fee in their hand, and they came to Balaam and spoke the words of Balak to him. And he said to them, Spend the night here, and I shall bring back word to you as Yahweh speaks to me. So the heads of Moab stayed with Balaam, and Elohim came to Balaam and said, Who are these men with you? And Balaam said to Elohim, Balak, son of Sippor, sovereign of Moab, had sent to me, saying, See, a people has come out Mitzrayim and covered the surface of the land. Come now, curse them for me. It might be that I am able to fight against them and drive them out. And Elohim said to Balaam, Do not go with them. You do not curse the people, for they are Baruch. And Balaam rose in the morning and said to the heads of Balak, Go back to your land, for Yahweh has refused to allow me to go with you. And the heads of Moab arose and went to Balak and said, Balaam refuses to come with us. Then Balak again sent heads, more numerous and more esteemed than they. And they came to Balaam and said to him, This is what Balak, son of Sippor, said. Do not be withheld from coming to me, please, for I esteem you very greatly. Whatever you say to me, I do. Therefore, please come, curse this people for me. And Balaam answered and said to the servants of Balak, Do Balak were to give me his house filled with silver and gold, I am unable to go beyond the word of Yahweh, my Elohim, to do less or more. And now please, you also stay there here tonight, and let me find out what more Yahweh says to me. And Elohim came to Balaam at night and said to him, If the men come to call you and rise out, go with them, but only the word which I speak to you, that you do. And Balaam rose in the morning and saddled his donkey and went with the heads of Moab. But the displeasure of Elohim burned because he went. And the messenger of Yahweh stationed himself in the way as an adversary against him. And he was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. And the donkey saw the messenger of Yahweh standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand. And the donkey turned aside out of the way and went into the field. So Balaam beat the donkey to turn her back into the way. Then the messenger of Yahweh stood in a narrow passage between the vineyards with the wall on this side and the wall on that side. And when the donkey saw the messenger of Yahweh, she pushed herself against the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. So he beat her again. And the messenger of Yahweh went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn aside, right or left. And when the donkey saw the messenger of Yahweh, she lay down under Balaam. So Balaam's displeasure burned, and he beat the donkey with his staff. Then Yahweh opened the mouth of the donkey, and she said to Balaam, What have I done to you that you have beaten me these three times? And Balaam said to the donkey, Because you have mocked me. If there were a sword in my hand, for I would have killed you by now. 
And the donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your donkey on which you have ridden ever since I became yours to this day? Was I ever known to do so to you? And he said, No. Then Yahuwah opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the messenger of Yahuwah standing in the way with his drawn sword in hand. And he bowed his head and fell on his face. And the messenger of Yahuwah said to him, Why have you beaten your donkey these three times? See, I have come out to stand against you, because your way is reckless before me. And the donkey saw me and turned aside from me these three times. If she had not turned aside from me, I certainly would have killed you by now and let her live. And Balaam said to the messenger of Yahuwah, I have sinned, for I do not know you stood in the way against me. And now, if evil is in your eyes, let me turn back. And the messenger of Yahuwah said to Balaam, Go with the men, but only the word that I speak to you, that you speak. Balaam then went with the heads of Balak. And when Balak heard that Balaam was coming, he went out to meet him at the city of Moab, which is on the border at the Arnon, which was in the extreme extremity of the border. And Balak said to Balaam, Did I not urgently send to you, calling for you? Why did you not come to me? Am I not able to esteem you? And Balaam said to Balak, See, I have come to you. Now am I at all able to say somewhat? The word that Elohim puts in my mouth that I speak. And Balaam went with Balak, and they came to Kerath Hutsoth. And Balak slaughtered cattle and sheep. And he sent some to Balaam and to the heads who were with him. And it came to be in the morning that Balak took Balaam and brought him up to the high places of Baal. And from there he saw the extremity of the camp. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. Open our eyes, our ears, open our understanding. Father, help us to understand some of the things you want to teach us today, not only about the situation that's happening here with uh, Balaam and the children of Israel, but also our own self. Help us to be able to see, to look within. We give you praise and glory. In your son, Yahushua's name we ask. Amen. All right. How many of you have had an animal speak to you? Are there any here that have, other than this guy, had an animal talk to you? <laughs> I wasn't raising my hand to say that I have. You have? I, no, I have a question on that. Oh, okay. I was going to say, it, wait a minute. <laughs> it, it's amazing how when this donkey talked to him that he did not freak out or he did not, you know, say, oh, oh my gosh, he just talked to him like it was an everyday thing. We've talked about that in many of the years past of how the most amazing thing is, is that, yeah, he doesn't say, what's this donkey talking for? What's, what's going on here? Didn't freak him out at all. So, yeah, a hand up over here. Uh, you mentioned, Rabbi, about being up against an animal. In 63, I was in the Marine Corps, and I was in the ring with a real animal. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, the Lord must have given me some kind of strength because he was a pushover, thank goodness. Yeah. I will tell you that if you're riding on a horse or a donkey and, and it puts its weight against a rock wall and your legs in between, that would get your anger up a little bit, which is apparently what happens in the situation here is that's one of the things that sets him off. But so welcome again, everyone online, everyone here. We're glad that you're here. We want to say that you're here for a reason. And hopefully the Almighty, as he's taught me this week, you guys will learn as well. 
And so we're going to talk about a little bit about the story, a little bit about our New Testament portion. But really, as I, as I read through some of the verses in chapter 22, as I'm reading, I was looking, just drawn to some of the words in them. And then as I was seeing the definition of the words, the Father was showing me something about us as people, showing us something about us that we need to focus in on. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to begin first in our New Testament portion, which is, I believe, 1 Peter chapter 5. So if you want to turn there, it says, You younger men, likewise, be subject to your elders, and all of you clothe yourself with a lowliness of mind, humility, which is our Greek word, tapianos, toward one another. For God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So in our Greek word, you can see here that it means of low degree. Someone who is not elevating himself, doesn't puff himself up, but is a humble person. There's a couple of examples in Luke and Romans and Matthew. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. So who does he exalt? The people that have brought themselves low and have not exalted themselves. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Don't be wise in your own estimation. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. See, the Mashiach is lowly in heart, and we should take that example. If we want to be like him, we're going to be humble and lowly as he is. I mean, he's coming riding in on a donkey. He didn't come in on the most beautiful horse that was in the land. He didn't come in on an Arabian horse. I don't know what they cost, but I'm sure they're hundreds of thousands of dollars. He didn't come in on something that was just, he didn't come in on a Bentley. How many of you know what a Yugo is? Have anyone remember what a Yugo is? He didn't come in on a Yugo. Interesting. So this idea that he's opposed to the proud is our Greek word here is it's showing yourself above others. Be the opposite of the lowly, wouldn't it? Romans 1.30 says, Slanders, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents. Now, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want the Almighty opposed to me in opposition to me. So we've got to remember to be people who are humble and lowly and not those that are proud and showing ourselves to be above others. Well, as long as you're down there and I'm up here, I feel a lot better about myself. That's not what it's about. The Master came to serve. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time. Casting all your... How many of you have had any anxiety in the last 30 days? Casting all your anxiety on him. Now, we need to be busy about doing that. If we're not, like he says, my people have not because they ask not, but you could also say, my people have things because they haven't let it go. 
Are you casting your anxieties and your cares upon the Almighty? And it says because he does care for you. He's invested in you. There's a hand up over there. He's invested. The word anxiety means anxious about things pertaining to the earthly life. Oh, my car payment. Oh, my house payment. Oh, uh, the, hot, the water's going to get turned off. Oh, uh, I'm not going to get enough sleep tonight. And I will tell on myself that when I used to work for a company and managed about 80 people, I had to be up at a certain time in a house full of eight children. Um, it was pretty noisy when it came time for me to want to go to bed. And I'm not a, I, I never did well with trying to get to sleep under a noise level. For some reason, what kept going through my mind was that alarm that was going to go off in the morning and the distance between where I'm at and that alarm kept shrinking. And it was bothersome. It, it, <laughs> and not to mention, I look over at my wife and she's just out like a light. I'm wondering, how in the world are you not awake through that? So, Anxious about the things of this earthly life. Yes. While we're on the topic of anxiety, there are a lot of people out there that let their anxiety take over them. Yes. And they're so nervous and scared about something that if they just give it to God, they Amen. wouldn't have to worry about it. Because if you... If you fear God, you would know that he will take care of those worries for you because he can do anything. And if, you, and if you've been in this long enough, you would know that. So don't be scared. Don't be nervous. Just let God take care of it. Wouldn't that be amazing if more people were able to get that done? So let's turn to our Torah portion. And we're going to start, uh, first I'm going to mention something. As we go through the Torah portion, I want you to keep this in your mind. What we're doing is we're really contrasting two different prophets. We're contrasting the pro prophet Moshe, who is the one like Yeshua, with this prophet of Bilam. So keep that in mind. Through our story, there's a contrast of two prophets. One's hearing the voice of the Almighty and doing it, One's hearing the voice of the Almighty. He's, he's actually saying it without, he's like compelled to say it, but then there's something in him that wants to avert from it. Verse 22, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to go in order of verses. Elohim was angry because he was going, and the angel of Yahuwah stood at the stand to stand in his way as an adversary against him. How many of you have had something going on in your life? And how many of you would be shocked if you would have known that an angel of the Most High was standing there and you were opposing what the Almighty wanted done? You couldn't see it, but maybe other creation could see it 
and you're doing something, you think you're doing what's right, you think you're doing what you should be doing, and in actuality, you're in opposition of the kingdom plan. Now, this is a story for us to show us that if we catch ourselves in that place of standing in the plan of the Most High, we may not see it, but people wonder, why are these things happening to me? Why do certain things happen? I mean, Bilam is going, why is the donkey doing this? Why is, he, why is the donkey going over and ramming my leg against the rock? I'm just going to beat him again if he does it again. Why is he going off into the field? Why is the, why is the donkey doing these things when I'm, I'm kicking him, I'm steering him straight, and he's not doing what I want? Why isn't my life, why isn't, the, you name the scenario in your life, why isn't it going the way that I want? Yes. Okay, so could I go back to the silly, ex the, the, the example you gave about not sleeping? It is a silly example because it it's, silly example. it's, it's, okay, but there, there's you would think that. <laughs> okay, so from, I'm going to tell you from my point of view, okay? So he's right, we have eight children, they're in their rooms, we've put them to bed, and they're talking to room to room. They're laughing. They're giggling. They think something's so funny. Banging the wall. wall you hear Whatever. Boom, you could bang. hear them, you know. And to boom. me, that was so comforting that I knew everybody was okay. <laughs> I could sleep knowing that I hear them. They're all okay. Everybody's doing what they need to do. I know where everybody's at. When it's quiet, then I wake up to see what okay, this is quiet. I need to get up and go see something. And that's so, when I fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> so from my point of view, the father, what, gives, what was giving him anxiety was total peace for me. Okay, we were the opposite. And from my point of view, the Lord is saying, I've got to let this woman get some sleep, so let me have these children be <laughs> uh, alerting her that everybody's okay right now. And so I think what I'm seeing is, we just have to trust that the Almighty yep. has got it under control and not get bent out of shape when yes. things happen is what we learned, that he's got a bigger plan. To me, it was letting mom get some sleep. Yes, he had to endure a little bit. He needed to get up. But eventually, when they went to sleep, I got up. I checked on everybody. Everybody's okay. He's asleep. And in the end, it all works out. Yeah, and the key is getting rid of the anxiety, getting rid of the things that are bothering you, troubling you, and let it go. Let the Almighty have it because he's got a bigger plan, a bigger picture that you just need to let him do his thing. Okay. Verse 23. So when the she-donkey saw the angel of Yahweh standing in the way with his sword drawn, our Hebrew word is shalaf, and it has an idea of military conflict, military battle. You see, the donkey has eyes to see, but Balaam does not. So have you ever wondered why you don't see certain things? My thought to you is, let us make sure we are not in opposition to the Most High as Balaam was. And in verse 34, Balaam said to the angel of Yahweh, I have sinned, for I did not know that you were standing before me in the path, but now... If it is evil in your eyes, I'll go back. Once he gets the picture, he's ready to turn. 
and submit. My question is, do we really have to see it, or can we just say, Father, what's going on? Can we turn to him and say, Father, reveal to me what you want? Do we have to have something open? Are we so fleshly oriented that we've got to have it visually before us? Blessed is he who is not seen. Do we have to see it? Or can we say, I am just, something's not going right. Father, I bring you into the situation. Most high, I trust in you. That's what the Almighty wants to do. When, when Yahushua was standing with opposition everywhere, what did he do? He prayed to the Almighty. Talk about having anxiety when you know you're about to get beaten like he was going to get beaten and you're going to die in the death that he was going to die. That's anxiety. But yet he's forgiving all the ones that are opposing him. Wow. Yes. This Torah portion is very interesting. It typically is read with kukot, kukot, followed by Balak. So one's a form of obedience, directly followed by the one that's disobedience. <laughs> we read this Torah portion. It's away from Moses, and it's away from Israel. When you look at this Torah portion, the animal, the donkey, speaks. There's only two animals in the Bible that speak. The serpent in the garden who brings death and disobedience, and the donkey who brings life and obedience. The serpent speaks 26 words in Hebrew. The donkey speaks, which is equivalent to yod heh vav -Hey. The donkey speaks 23 words in Hebrew, but he does three actions to give 26 because actions speak louder than words. A donkey is submissive. A donkey is something you can rely on. A donkey is something that's obedient. So in your life, if you have that, and then something goes haywire, you start to beat it. And you want to go after that, and you want to go after the things that are around you. A rabbi says, when a man looks in the mirror and the head is crooked, don't adjust the mirror. When also, when you look at this, the serpent starts off his topic or discussion with Eve with a question. The donkey starts his with a question. He asks questions because we are to ask, take those questions when we have our situations, we are to ask ourselves, what is it in that situation that I need to change? Then when you continue to look at the donkey and the three things that it does, so the three actions, one is he changes direction. So you are, as me, as a man, I have a plan. And I want to go down my plan and my path. And then all of a sudden, the thought in my mind and the path at which I am traveling, which I think is the best path, all of a sudden changes direction. Then the second action, you experience pain. Adonai would say, all right, I had you change your direction because it's not your direction I want. It's my direction. But I'm too stubborn to listen. So then he gives me pain. He notches it up one. And then finally, it's like, nope, I'm a man. I can continue to do what I know is right. And he will bring the third action of the donkey, which is progress stops. When Adonai says enough is enough, it stops. We have no say into it after that. So this donkey ties back to that. The first, an animal that gets saddled, 
is this donkey in the morning? Go back to Abraham and Isaac. The donkey gets saddled. And so there's a story there. There's a story again with the serpent. There's the 26 words, the 23, and the three actions. But again, like you said, we look at the donkey. You asked earlier, did I have I ever heard an animal speak? And I raised my hand. Because it's a picture of this animal is people in our lives. It could be my enemy, and it could be my wife, my friend, my lover, who speak in my life because I'm not going down the path of which Adonai wants. He will bring whomever, whenever, however he wants to bring into my path so that I am in alignment with his path. So we have to be careful with what our will is. Again, when a man looks in the mirror and the head is crooked, don't adjust the mirror. Hopefully, we all can take those things in and remember to make self-adjustments. Yes. Okay, I, I got a question. Why is God mad? God told him to go. Why is he standing in the way? That's obvious, right? talked about that before, and so the, the, some of the things that thoughts have come up is, what did God tell him? Did God tell him no first and then told him to go ahead and go? So is God testing him to see if you're going to do what I told you in the first place? Where is your heart? Is your heart to follow me or am I, are, you gonna, are you looking for a way out? Are you looking for a way to accomplish what they're wanting? Because there's money involved. There's a lot of money involved here for doing this divination, for doing this speaking against. So there's all kinds of thoughts about why. But the thing is, what does what did the Almighty say? It shouldn't even the point is it shouldn't even come to the second part. God says no, you don't go. It's that simple. Yes, hand over here and then we'll go over here. What's a, if <clears throat> excuse me, if I'm looking at this correctly, um this word adversary, Satan, you know, the first place it appears in the uh the five books is here. And Numbers twenty two twenty two, if I'm looking at it correctly, and if that's it's interesting only because who's the adversary here? It's Yahuwah is the adversary here. This this got me thinking. It's like a maze. You're trying to trying to get through the maze, <laughs> and you. And you think, oh, I'm going to take a shortcut. No, the shortcut takes you back to where you started. <laughs> or you just get lost in the maze. And you're like, why didn't it work? Um, you should have taken the, you should have taken a long way, which would have taken a longer time. But you would have gotten to the end of that maze if you weren't, if you weren't thinking, oh, maybe this way or maybe that way, and just followed your gut. <laughs> you've ever, you've been on a road trip and you've had a destination and your destination came to a stop could have been a snowstorm could have been a major rainstorm could have been some other thing that stopped your destination in your mind you want to go and you're wanting to leave but maybe the almighty had a reason for halting you where you're at and sometimes we have to yield to what the almighty is doing in our life <laughs> and sometimes we have to pay attention to what he's telling us, yes. So when it says that God is the adversary, you know, that tells me that Balaam was not with God. 
and that he was not going willing to speak only what God wanted him to speak. He had a different motive, and it didn't show up in the text or in the scripture, but God saw it, and that's why I believe the angel and the messenger of the Lord was there because he was stopping him at that moment. He was about to turn from the directive that God had given him. And you can see it in the number of sacrifices, the number of attempts they make. He makes to try to bring about what Balak is wanting instead of what the Most High. But see, God had a plan. So all of these more attempts gives God more time to bring about more prophecy about his people. So. And God will stop you. Like you asked, you know, name a time in your life. And I can name a time in my life when I broke my leg. The ocean came, swallowed me up, broke it. I was disabled for a year. And I knew it was the Lord. I knew it was the Lord. And everybody told me, no, 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 no. God doesn't discipline like that. That's not right. I'm like, but I knew it was because I was in a position where he had given me a word, he had given me a promise, and I followed it all the way through to what I thought was the end. And then I said, I'm fine, I'm gonna go off on my own and do, you know, like I, I was done. You know, I was still serving the Lord, but I wasn't serving the way he had wanted me to serve. And he stopped me, and it wasn't until months later when I'm reading the scripture about being, you know, the disciples were out there on the water, <laughs> and they're screaming and crying and carrying on and Jesus comes on and he's like peace be still and the waves stop and I'm you know and I told the Lord you could have stopped that wave you let that wave take me out and he gave me the verse about being tossed to and fro and it was about me believing what he said because when we disobey what we're saying is we don't believe you that's exactly right and so yes go ahead Paul this is a scripture that I think is applicable to this situation and maybe others in uh, Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah 17.10. says, I, Yohevahe, search the heart. And in this case, some translations say, I try the reins or I test the mind even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. So sometimes we, we're in situations and if he's examining or weighing out the heart the way that we test gold or silver to see what the metal is like, then this is the word usage here, to reward a man according to his way. So this is a situation that uh, Balaam is dealing with. Where is his heart? Is it being tested according to his ways or his doing? Yes. Yeah. You know how many people in, in this world from Adam to now have said something like what Bilam said, which is he's shouting at the donkey and he says, if, if, if you do this again, I'm going to kill you. People will say, if you do that again, I'll kill you. If you, you know, they speak about things in a, such an anger, aggressive way to bring about harm. And what we have to also remember is people will do this killing and murdering with their words, the things that they're saying. We have to be very, very careful about the things that come out of our mouth. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Verse 36, so Balak heard that Balaam had come, so he goes out to meet Karah. He's meeting him at the city of Moab. So may we be a people that make sure that our meetings have the heart of God in it and not fleshly justification of our own desires of evil. We got meetings planned, 
maybe we should have the first meeting on our knees with the Most High. Maybe we should have the first meeting, if it's in your car, with your hands spread out towards heaven and bring him into the situation. Maybe that's the first meeting that needs to take place. We need to get God, we talked about it earlier, we need to invoke God into the situation, bring him into the situation. Verse 7, So the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the fees for divination, kasem, witchcraft. They're getting ready to deal in some evil. Ooh. Might even have the right garment on, the right clothing on for it. It looks, the clothing even looks evil. They got their faces all in the right proportions because evil now is now at work within them. How many of you have been in a place you could feel the presence of evil? How many of you had a look at, from someone you knew that the look was evil? Verse 6, Come now, curse this people for me, for they are too mighty for me. Perhaps I shall be able to defeat them and drive, garage them out of the land. Judges 2.3 says, So now I say, I will not drive them out before you, but they shall become thorns in your sides, and their God shall be a snare for you. So I read this verse this week, and it hit me as I was already prop processing some of the words in the definitions that we're looking at. Now I thought, is, it, is this saying what I'm thinking it's saying? And so, before I get into that, I want to go ahead here. I want to get what you want to say before I get deep into this. Well, in 22.6, it says you can, he blesses, his, you can bless or he can curse. So Balaam has an opportunity here. Instead of cursing someone, he could have chose to say, Lord, bless me. And if you read this all in Hebrew, when Balaam is speaking in reference to Adonai, he uses yod heh vav because he feels like he's buddy-buddy with him. But in turn, when Adonai is speaking back, he uses the term in Hebrew, Elohim. He doesn't say, yod heh vav back to you, vice versa. Because in Balaam's mind, he thinks he's buddy-buddy with the Lord. He's doing what the Lord has called him to do, and which a lot of us do. A lot of us have our blinders on. And we think because we call on the Lord's name that we are buddy-buddy walking arm-in-arm, shoulder-to-shoulder with him, in actuality running contrary to him. So in our eyes, he's, our, he's it. In his eyes, he's saying, but you're not following my ways, so don't get so chummy here, buddy. I'm going to send that donkey. Was he here to kill him or to save him? He sent the angel to do one, and he opened the mouth of the donkey to do the other. It's interesting. I was going to say something about what you said earlier, and I just I remembered that people say, well, he doesn't, he doesn't do things that way. But yet you see the angel came to Moshe because he hadn't circumcised his son. He's ready to discipline him in a mighty way. And here we see the same thing here. So yes, he does do things that way. And my point I want to make with you here, so I want to, I hope you get this. So what it's saying here in Judges, 
I will not drive them out before you, but they will become thorns in your sides, and their gods shall be a snare to you. This is from this, I've got highlighted at the bottom. Within this idea of driving out, there is this broad plan. However, there's also a so-called reversal theme, whereby God does not completely expel the Canaanites. He does this because of Israel's unwillingness to obey him and engage the inhabitants of the land in battle. And he says, because you do not engage in battle with them and you don't drive them out, I'm going to let that which you didn't drive out become a snare to you. So my proposal to you is this. The things in your life that you're not willing to drive out and expel, God's going to allow it to be a snare in your life. If you don't get a hold of that tongue, it's going to be a snare in your life. If you don't get a hold of the thing, whether it's alcoholism or you name all of the vices, it's going to be a snare in your life. You don't get a hold of pornography, it's going to be a snare in your life. You don't get a hold of, of abuse, it's going to be a snare in your life. God says drive it out away from you and get rid of it. Garage it out of your life. Expel it. Yes. I hope I'm not running ahead of you with this comment. Um, just a few chapters before, when they were going to go into the land and he sent the spies out, they came back with a bad report based on what <laughs> they saw yes. or didn't see. Right. They saw that the land was good, but many of them came back and in their own eyes, they were as grasshoppers but they were not listening to what Yodhevahe had said. The people in the land didn't bring a curse upon them. They brought it upon themselves right. by their actions and what they by saw. Own. Yep. So here is a situation where God set apart people, had brought a curse upon themselves, and now someone else is trying to bring a curse upon them that they did not do themselves and he's trying to get them to get a curse. Can't do it. It doesn't follow Torah. And so because if he rewards them according to the fruit of their actions, their actions haven't given way to say, yes, you know, Balaam, go ahead. They deserve this curse. The, the answer is no. So he's trying to do, when you say divination, is manipulate situations to cause a reaction. Like you say, if you don't get rid of something, if you don't obey, now you give room for the curse. It's kind of the difference between measuring light and darkness. Yep. Darkness is the absence of light. Yep. That's so the removing the blessings, I'm sorry, I'm no, running no, no, over I you. I thought you were. <laughs> no, to remove the blessings from the people, it doesn't come by a curse, the blessing comes from <laughs> the obedience. The obedience. Yes. So if the people are disobedient, then his hand of protection is removed from them. In this case, it's coming from the outside. He's trying to curse them, trying to curse them. And we should think about that because things can happen in the world around us, like you're saying. Now, if we don't give way or allow room for those things to be part of what's in our heart and our actions, then Yodhevahe's protection upon us should be upon us. But if we give way to allow those things to be part of our lives or snares to us, like you said, then 
we wonder, why did this happen? Yeah. Is God cursing us or did he just remove his covering upon us? Yeah. So as in Balaam's situation, instead of driving out the thoughts and the desires and the things that's, that's pulling him away, a, a direction, instead of driving that out, it becomes a snare to him. And like you're pointing out, if we don't obey, then the thing that we allow to remain in, that evil, the, the, the things that are not of the kingdom, it drives out the truth and the word that, that we should be following. It, it's the thing that drives out. The wickedness that we allow in drives out the, the truth and the light that should be in us. So which is going to be the force that does the garroshing in your life? Is it light that's going to garrosh out the darkness, or is the darkness going to drive out the light? Yes. Adding on to what Paul was saying here, is like, for example, if you let if you let your drug addiction take over you and your life is getting worse and worse, maybe you lost your house, you lost your job, you lost your relationship with your love, um, and you're like, what's going on? Why is this happening to me? Well, examine yourself. What did you what did you do? to have that happen to you. That's right. Yeah, it's the drugs or whatever you have going on. Your attitude, so, whatever. So don't don't question don't question yourself when you know that you brought yourself into the situation that you are in now and you can bring yourself out of it if you just break whatever you're whatever you're <laughs> doing and what's holding you back. That's right. Take the authority that we have. Yes. Sorry, after reading Judges 2 there, um, to drive it out, otherwise it would become a thorn in your side. My brain went to 2 Corinthians when the Apostle Paul says, to keep me from being overly proud, I was giving a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from the adversary to pound away at me so I wouldn't grow conceited. So as Scripture interprets Scripture and study, like, and I'm thinking about this and then thinking about this, is this to say that there was a, are we supposed to interpret that as, the Apostle Paul had something he would not give up. He could not give up. He said before that, why does why do my the spirit wrestle with the flesh? Why is this in me doing this? I mean, Pete, God knows we're human. God knows we're, we've got these issues. He knows that these things come upon us. He's giving us light and examples and things to help us to overcome. Some won't even listen. Some won't even partake. Some won't even look. And the worst thing is to not self-examine. That's the worst thing that people could do is not look within. They want to look at other people, look at other situations. Oh, well, yeah, it's, it's over there. It's just not, everything's going well here. And then when they're by themselves, they're complaining and they're all these other things because it really isn't going well. The very thing that they failed to obey and becomes the snare. And my question is, do these exist in your life? So I had mentioned to you, I began to see some of the words in the next slides referring to the sin that God's people commit. So let's look at some of the things within. Some of them you're going to see are haughtiness, pride, fear, anger, hindering, killing. Let's look at a few of these things as we move forward. So Balaam said to Balak, 
Behold, I have come to you. I, I, have I now any power? It's this word, yakol, it's ability or inability. So which is it that's working in you? If the creator of heaven and earth is, is alive and well in you, do you have ability in through him? In him all things are He says, come now, curse these people, Arar. This word curse means personal abuse upon one's enemy, and I'll add, or friend. Are we guilty of abusing enemies or friends? If we are, we're dabbling into cursing people. Abuse, 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 abuse. This is a common thing. And the abuse can most easily come with the words. I knew someone one time that they, were, they complained about spousal abuse, but it wasn't physical. It was verbally. It was so draining and so, the, the verbal abuse was, it, it was so weighing on the person's life that they could hardly stand it. And I don't know, it may have been worse than the physical abuse, who knows, but verbal abuse can be extremely heavy on people. Verse 22, but God's anger was kindled. This is our, our Hebrew word, off, which means to breathe or snort with anger. It has a lot to do with when you get angry, you notice people's noses and their ears get red, right? It's this inflamed comes in these situations, in these areas of their face, showing earlobes are red, nose is red. Oh, they must be angry. They don't even have to say anything. The body can't hide it. What's going on inside is evident within the physical features, and they're upset. I saw it sometimes in interviews. Ears red, nose red, not saying a word. But boy, they're upset. It usually focuses, however, on the people of Israel for their consistent violation of obligations to God under the terms of His covenant with them. Why is God doing this to me? How many of you heard people say that? Why is God doing this to me? Why is God allowing this to happen to me? Why is God, why is God... Why is God not giving us water? Why is He giving it no giving us no meat? Why the bread? Why, 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 why did you bring us into the desert just to slaughter us? Angry. Could be, why is the congregation doing this? Why is the leadership doing this? Why, why is this person doing this? Why is my relative doing this? Why is the job doing this? Oh, I don't get angry. I just have a lot of whys. I don't get mad. I just, my ears get red and my nose get red. It's just, it's just one of those features that happens in my everyday life, right? No. Verse 3, And Moab was in great dread of the people. Gur is our Hebrew word. And it's being afraid of human beings or other things. How many of you are afraid? And you're not driving fear out of your life, and it's going to be a snare. 
And we go back to the previous one. How many of you are not driving out anger? And it's going to be a snare. Get the fear out. Get it out. It has no place in the people of God. Get that fear out. Or it's going to be a snare. Get the anger out. It's going to be a snare. Get the cursing out. Get the personal abuse of people out. Or it's going to be a snare. Yes. Again, what I was saying earlier, dude, why are you afraid when God has everything under his control? He said, Altira, fear not. That's right. Because, Altira. Because, he, because he is watching over you. Believe it or not, it may not seem like he has his hand on you, but yeah. It's Altira. not. It's not the case. He does have his hand That's over right. you. Yep. He says, don't, why are you worried? He says, the, the, talks about the lilies of the field and, and the birds. They're all, they don't have to, what are they afraid of? What are they worried about? We've got anger again. This time the word is para, to be hot with, getting angry. Hot with anger directed towards people. Oh, man, he was angry at that donkey. Boy, he, he beat it with that stick. Was it a righteous beating? No. Here's a big one. And they came to Balaam, and they said to him, Thus says Balak, the son of Zippor, let nothing hinder you. Our Hebrew word is mana, and it means to hinder or prevent. How many of you are hindering things? You're preventing things, whether it's in your life or someone else's life. You're hindering things because of your attitudes, your actions, or your words. You're being a hindrance to the kingdom of God, and you're the one in the way. Hmm. Silent. <laughs> Verse 29. Balaam said to the donkey, because you have made a fool of me, you made me look so bad. Man, you made me look bad. You made a fool of me. I'm going to kill you. I ought to just kill you right now. You better be glad I got a stick instead of a sword. I'd run you through from the backside here as I'm sitting on you. But do we kill with our words? The word kill here is harag. Do we kill with our words? I remember we talked about it back when the whole Lashon Rod thing was up. Bob and Tammy were talking about it. It's death to two people, three people. <laughs> Killing three people with one word. Oof. That's rough stuff. Mm. If we're not going to get rid of that in our life, it's going to be a snare to us. Why do I have so many snares? Why am I tripping over? Why am I doing this? It's because you're not getting the things out that God wants you to get out. Yes. Just something with the killing with the words. It reminds me of like the of something that we that was talked about a while ago with hating hating someone is killing them in your heart. Mm. Same with same with the feelings of just hating someone as with words of just 
abusing someone verbally is still abuse. Reminds me of the fact of ki- the hating someone in your heart is yep. killing them in your heart. Yep. yep. Imagine the toxins that are released on the person that you're abusive to and all the, the things that you've done to them, demeaning their character, what gets released in because of the feeling they have now, their, the sorrow or the, the things that are going in their body because of the words, what's happening to them? So yes, we've got to be watching out. And, you know, we just, as a people that know, we've got to exercise the knowledge. It can't just be in the head. We've got to, it's got to be, we need to bear the fruit. We've got to be a fruitful tree. Let it come out of you. What would happen if everybody only talked sweet words to one another? No vile, no ugly word, nothing came out but sweet, uplifting, motivating words to one another. What would happen? Say again. (laughs) I'll be filled with light. Yes. Adding on to what Elijah was saying. (laughs) Verbal abuse. It's like, it's like the bitter taste of poison, but <laughs> in the form of words. And it does affect the person mentally yes. and emotionally. And if, you keep, and if you keep beating them down with the negative words that you're saying to them, it makes them feel they show negative. They yeah. makes them, it makes them feel negative emotionally and mentally. Amen. And we're not supposed to do that. We're supposed to... We're supposed to say kind words, encourage, uplifting uplifting words, like the sweet taste of honey, but in the form of words. Yes. And it's supposed supposed to lift the person up and make them feel positive. (laughs) Amen. Well said. Balaam said to Balak, Behold, I have come to you. How I now, any power of my own to speak anything, the word that Elohim puts in my pay. My mouth. In contrast, there are also references to cursing God and to false worship coming from the mouths of people. Some people think that they're worshiping God, but what's coming out of the mouth isn't any form of what God calls worship. But if we don't drive that out, it becomes a snare. And then Yahweh opened the mouth of the donkey, Patah. Now this is interesting. The throats of the wicked are likened to an open grave. Meaning open mouth. It's now, the throat is visible. It's not a closed mouth. It's an open mouth. Because what's coming out of the open mouth of the wicked is nothing but death and vile, destruction, hate, all the things that the adversary is cheering and raw. He's giving all this support. Go get him, brother. You're, you're a great support of my kingdom. Give it to him. Double measure. Let it come out of that open throat. It's an open grave. We don't drive that out, it becomes a snare. God said it. If you don't drive these things out, it's going to be a snare to you. I'm jumping over into the New Testament. 1 Corinthians eleven sixteen 16 says, But if one is inclined to be contentious, we have no other practice, nor have the assemblies of Elohim. Our word for contentious is fond of strife. Man, I just love a good fight. Just love a good fight. There's nothing like a good fight. Let me see if I can stir one up. 
I worked with someone one time. That's all. That's all they wanted to do. You could. I mean, there were people work said when they come in, you guarantee you, there's going to be a fight. There's going to be an argument. There's going to be an argument when they come in today. There's only one donut left, and it's not the one they like. There's going to be a fight. It's raining. There's going to be a fight. They drove in the rain. I'm, I'm, I'm not making this up. This is stuff that happened in a, a business that I worked in. You could bank on some people based on what they've done over and over that if a certain thing happened, that's going to be a contentious, strifeful situation because it did not go the way they wanted it. But if we don't drive that out, it, it is going to be the snare in our life. How many of you heard the scriptures say, kicking at the prick? Do you, do you know what that means? I had to look it up to be sure I understood what that meant. So apparently back in the day, they had a, I'm going to paint a little different picture. Imagine, how many of you know what a, a goat is, a, uh, what they would use to prod the animals along, Right? Today it's a hot stick. They, it's electric, and they, it's like they shock the animal's backside to get the animal to move. What happened was the animal didn't like it, so the animal kicked backwards to kick at the thing that the that the that the owner is trying to guide the animal into the path of truth and well-being. But the animal's kicking at the very thing that's being used to drive him in the path of goodness and wholeness and blessing and righteousness. But we as people are kicking at the pricks. God has given us things to guide us and direct us, but when we're not driving out the things I've just mentioned, we're that donkey kicking at the prick. Get that off of me. That hurts. Ow! Get that off of me. Stop it. And we continue on the same path. And wonder why I got that little nudge here, I got that little poke on this side. Some of you husbands have been sitting in a place and you got an elbow in the rib or the side. You said, stop that. No, you were kicking at the prick. Let us not be people that kick at the guidance and the direction that God is trying to guide us and direct us. Let's don't be rebellious. Amen. Romans 1.28, And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind. In other words, it became the snare to them. To do those things which are not proper, being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit. Boy, they're listing some of the things we talked about here in our chapter. Malice. They are gossips, slanders, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful. Man, that's a long list. And that stuff is becoming a snare in those people's lives because they did not garage drive it out of themselves. And they weren't listening to the prodding of the Most High guiding them in the way they should go. 
They wanted to go their own way, and they're kicking at the prick. <laughs> and although they know the Torah, they know what God says. Oh, I know the Torah. This isn't dumb people that doesn't know God. These are people that know the instruction. But those who practice such things are worthy of death. They not only do the same, but they also give hearty approval to those who practice them. Drive it out. First Timothy, if anyone advocates a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words, those of our master Yahushua, and with the doctrine conforming to godliness, godliness, he is conceited and understands nothing. But he has a morbid interest in controversial questions and disputes about words, out of which arise envy, strife, abuse, language, evil suspicions, and constant friction between men and depra of depraved mind and deprived of the truth, who support that godliness is a means of gain. But godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. Notice in the wilderness, they weren't content with what they had. They weren't content with the bread. They weren't content with the water. They weren't content with everything else. They were these folks. Oh, they knew the ordinance because they heard it over at Sinai. They, they heard God speak the commands. They know the ordinance, but are they content and living a content life? Titus, remind them to be subject to rulers, to authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good deed, to malign no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing every consideration for all men. We also once were foolish ourselves, disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our life in malice and envy, hateful, hating one another. Oh, but this is the good thing that our brother talked about. When we speak good things to one another, only good words, we become full of light. Listen to this. But when the kindness of God, our Messiah, and His love for mankind appeared, He saved us. Not only a basis of deeds, which we have done in righteousness, but according to His mercy by the washing and the regeneration of the renewing of the Spirit. And then First Peter 2. Therefore, putting aside all malice and deceit and hypocrisy, envy and slander, like newborn babies long for pure milk of the Word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation, if, if you have tasted the kindness of the Most High. Kindness. Kindness and godliness. Kindness and godliness. Well, we've got four different passages talking about the very things that I'm speaking about, showing me out of our Torah portion that we need to be driving out of our life. They sure spoke about it a lot in the New Testament. You know why? Because that's just how folks is. Just how people are. And the adversary knows it and loves it. So I ain't got to work very hard. I know how human nature is. I'll just put a little thought there. Ooh, what could it go? Boom. Watch that go. Bing. Look at it go here. That's all it takes. He knows. But man, we've got to drive it out or it's going to be a snare. That's my message to you today. So listen to this. Romans 11. I say then God has not rejected his people, has he? No, he's not rejected his people. May it never be. For I too am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his people from whom he foreknew. 
Or do you not know what the scripture says in the passage about Elijah? How he pleads with Elohim against Israel. Yahuwah, they have killed your prophets. They have torn down your altars. And I alone am left, and they are seeking my life. Is he complaining? Is he not trusting? A little bit of flesh coming out in the prophet here, isn't it? But what does the divine respond to him? Oh, no. Hold on a minute. Put the brakes on. I have kept for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. In the same way, then, there's also come to be at the present time a remnant according to God's gracious choice. But if it's by grace, it is no longer by the basis of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. Moving on, it says, what then? What Israel is seeking, it is not obtained, but those who were chosen obtained it, and the rest were hardened, just as it is written. God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes to not see, and ears to not hear, down to this very day. And let me tell you something. There's people like that in the Messianic movement today. Eyes that don't see and ears that aren't hearing, and they're allowing the things that they're not driving out to become a snare in their life. And David says, let their table become a snare and a trap. Their table becomes a snare. It's going to be a snare to you and a stumbling block and a retribution to them. Verse 10, let their eyes be darkened to not see and bend their backs forever. Moving on, it says, I say then, they did not stumble as, as, so as to fall, did they? May it never be. But by their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make them jealous. Now, if their transgression and riches is the, for the world and their failure is riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their fulfillment be? In other words, when they come to the knowledge, what's it going to look like then? But I am speaking to you who are Gentiles, insomuch then as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry if somehow I might move to jealousy my fellow countrymen and save some of them. For their rejection is the reconciliation of the world, but what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? If the first piece of dough is holy, the lump is holy also, and so is the root. If that's the case, the branches are too. Closing, verse 17 says, but if some, notice how he doesn't say all the branches, some of the branches were broken off, and you being a wild olive were grafted in among them, partaker uh, with them of the rich root of the olive tree. There's that olive business going on, Lisa, the olive tree. Do not be arrogant toward the branches. But if you are arrogant, remember that it is not you who supports the root, but the root supports you. You will say then, but the branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. Quite right. They were broken off for their unbelief. Notice how unbelief and faith are contrasted here in just within a few words. For their unbelief, but you stand by your faith, which is the belief. Do not be conceited, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he's not going to spare you either. Behold then the, here's the kindness, behold the kindness and the severity of God. To those who fell, severity. But to you, he's brought kindness. If, oh, there's that word if. Why does there got to be an if? I had a guy that I worked with one time that could not stand the word if. 
just, I mean, he got angry every time you said the word if. To him, it was like a contingency. If you continue in his kindness, otherwise, you're going to get broke off too. That one's gone. So my word to you today is, as you battle the things that you need to deal with in your life, so they will not be a snare to you, consider these encouraging words in Psalm. We're going to hold off. I wanna, I'm going to close with this. Well, go ahead. We have a hand over here. And if anyone else has anything else to say before I close, please, this is a chance to raise your hand. So, the meaning of the word if is to state that there is a condition to something, right? So, it's like a kid. It's like, if you, <laughs> if you behave enough, maybe we can go to that water park that you've been wanting to go to. If not, then we'll have to stay here and uh, be bored. Yep. The kids, the little kids, they don't like conditions, but they'll they'll learn over time that it it's got to be that way so that there's order. Yep. If you guys are good, cause, if if because because if there because if there wasn't if there wasn't that condition that leads to whatever positive or negative consequence, then there would be no order. You know, if we took a if we were just to do a rewind of every parent's life. And to see how many times they use the word if with their kids, it would probably be overwhelming. Yes. It, it reminded me, too, of um, when the Lord said, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Uh, basically, it's like, you know, whatever measure you use to judge, it'll be measured back unto you. So Amen to you want a measure of mercy. Yes. You want to judge mercifully so that when it's time for us to be judge the most high will have mercy upon us amen to that because if we don't it'll be a snare to us and we're going to experience the very thing that we weren't wanting to do for others right what a what a good word okay so let's look at psalms 34 7 the angel of yahweh encamps around those who fear him and rescues them oh taste and see that yahweh is good how blessed is the man who takes refuge in him Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of Yahuwah. Who is the man who desires life and loves length of days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Otherwise, they're going to be a snare to you in your life. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but Yahuwah Zebaot delivers him out of them all. Hallelujah. Will you stand with me? Can we sing the Avinu, please? Avinu
speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the sons of Israel, and you shall say to them, May Yahuwah bless you and keep you. May Yahuwah make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May Yahuwah lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. So they shall invoke my name on the sons of Israel, and I then will bless them. Amen. Now we can say the bracha and the hamotze. Heavenly Father, you created the heavens and the earth in six days. On the seventh day, you rested and refreshed yourself from all the work which you created to do. You hallowed the seventh day, calling it a delight, the most desirable day, a reminder of the act of creation. Blessed are you, Yahuwah, who sanctifies the Shabbat. Amen. Baruchatai Yahuwah, Eloheinu malak olam, Borei pariha gafen. Amen. Blessed are you, Yahuwah, God, King of the